Hi, this is Craig Janney listening to the Blues Podcast in the Stanley Cup Finals. Back to this hockey podcast. I'm your host Jason along with Chris. Hey, we're back finally after a long time. Uh, so apologies for that. So uh, things have been hectic. To say Technical least. difficulties. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. We'll keep it at that. So honestly, not much to talk about either. Positive stuff. That's the second other reason why we kind of didn't really do stuff because I don't think it's fun for you just to like tune into a podcast and just listen to us kind of like complain. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. Like maybe it's just like you're all like. In misery together, type of thing, but sure. still, it's group one of those, therapy. Yeah, and I, but sometimes it's like ah, I just don't feel like being negative. Or I'll be honest, half the time when uh, Chris came over, uh, one of us was exhausted from something going on. Yeah, so true. like the one day when Chris is like, "All right, you ready to record?" I'm like, "Nope, nope." And then the one day I'm like, "Chris, you want to record today?" You're like, "Nope." nope. And then Chris, uh, behind a little behind the scenes, surprised me today. <laughs> we had miscommunication to show up to the house, which is good. Yeah. Instead of doing it on the, uh, the it was needed. I needed to get out. Yeah. So, so Chris is here. So we're going to record. Uh, we'll go over interesting end of the year comments. We'll kind of give you a general yeah, kind of grading. We're not going to with every single player because that kind of gets tedious. Uh, we'll hit the big ones at least. Talk about where the Blues are now finished, and we look forward to the entry draft for the first time in when when a do while. they draw the lottery? May eighth. That was on the agenda uh, okay. here. So May eighth at uh, six. I think it's six. Uh, 7 Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Sure. So uh, the Blues have the number 10 pick this year. So 4% chance? 3.5% chance to move. So there is a chance. There is. So they have a chance to move up to the first round. I mean, it's happened before. They still can tend to get the second pick as well. Do you, do you know offhand, because you're the stat machine, mm-hmm. what is the lowest number from the lottery that's ever gotten to the number one pick. Ooh, I'd have to look it up, honestly. But because I looked up the other day, like last, and is it three years ago? Three years ago, um the Devils moved up six spots to number two spot. Okay. To get and they drafted Simon Nemec. So that's so they moved up quite a bit. So if the Blues can it's either the number one or number two pick. You can't really move up because the rule new rules now is like the top team the worst team, I guess you can say, sure, can only drop two spots at max. So, so they, they will at least get three. Yeah. So San Jose, I think is our who was it? Let me scroll. I had it. It was San Jose in account until the last day, and then uh, excuse me, it was Columbus, and then they won an overtime. <sighs> See, Johnny Gaudreau uh, won, and then Chicago won. So Anaheim lost, which gave them the right to be the best of the worst. It was kind of funny. The last bottom four teams were all within two points of each other. Um, the Blues didn't get help on their last day. Washington and Detroit both lost. All we needed them both to – Washington blew a 4-1 lead. In the third, they had to win in regulation for the Blues to jump down a spot. Excuse me. And Detroit just needed one point and yep. couldn't pull that out. So they could have been down to the number eight spot, which would have been fantastic. But we'll take the number ten spot for now. Uh Later on down the line, we'll, we're, I'm going to get together and figure out some draft stuff, and we'll talk about some possible players. Um, the rumor has it the Blues are looking to move up in the draft. So depending on where they kind of things happen, um, 
the Cantor dropped too much lower, but still, number ten looks about right. So I got I got feelings on that. Yeah, what, number ten or moving up? Moving up. Okay, we'll talk about that. In I a know. Bit. So the Blues' final record. Let's talk about that. One game below five hundred. Lost the last two to Dallas. Kind of went out with a whimper in the last game, one nothing against the uh, Dallas Stars. Did you watch that game? I did not because I was just kind of. I admit I was kind of like after they lost the one, and I was just like, oh, I, tomorrow's not going to be any better. So my two takeaways from that game, I watched it on a plane, uh, and it was an ESPN game. It was Butch Cross and the two women that mm-hmm. they have doing ESPN games. I have no problems with, with women in sports. I think that they're great and they're knowledgeable and all that. But, man, we, we need to make sure that the women that we're putting on TV to do play-by-play – know how to be broadcasters because mm-hmm. I don't remember their names. I, I should have written it down, but I was on a plane. The woman who was doing color commentary for Bouchergrass mm-hmm. was monotone. Mm-hmm. Like everything was like this. And now Kairou crosses the blue line and he's in and passes to Pareko who passes to Saad. And I was like, oh my God, you sound robotic. Yeah. And part and of then, it, maybe it's just like learning teams and stuff like that. Maybe. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just a, it a learning curve. Like, yeah, so go ahead. Don't and then the woman who was between the benches, who's kind of like the, you know, jumps in to give, you know, behind the, you know, like what she's seeing from Iceland and all that, was so bad and falling over her own words so much that twice Bouchergross cut her off and was like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll try this again later in the game and come back to you. Like, it was bad. Yeah. I, you, could, you could tell the frustration in his voice. The second thing is, so they show the highlight. They do a game break in, and they show Gaudreau score the overtime winner, and he calls it the worst goal uh, of the season because yeah. of what it was. Yeah. And one of the women was like, "Yeah, I mean, I get it, but you know, these are professional athletes. You can't just turn off your competitive nature and willingness to play." To which Bouchergross, in the third period of the Blue Stars game, goes, "What are you talking about? We're watching the team do it right here." Yikes. Eek. Yeah. So, not great. So, Blues finish up the year. Uh, Blues moved very quickly about a couple moves. Mm -hmm. Coaching. So, the one that we kind of been clamoring for for at least kind of a couple years pretty much, uh, Mike Van Ryan was relieved of his duties. Uh, The one that we kind of suspected all year, at least we and you have talked about, Mm. uh, Craig McTavish was not – did not come back. Not either. shocked by that movie. So, um, were you surprised that Ott stayed? Uh, no, because it seemed like he was getting like head coaching, like kind of like. Yeah, and I think he wasn't part. You know, the power play wasn't great this year. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah, penalty kill was even worse. So, yes. but yeah, they just needed a. I think it's hopefully a fresh look. I was surprised the goaltending coach today, David Alexander. Because are you a, really? He's a he's a holdover. Because remember that was Jake Allen's coach. That's right. why we brought him. So part of me is like. Okay, well, Jake we Allen officially has yeah. not been here a long time. It, he, I mean, it doesn't mean he's not a good coach because he was Jake Allen's coach by any means. But I figured they would maybe, like, go a different direction. Maybe. You know. I, I, ha- I really, and I know that this is a very divisive subject amongst Blues fans. I actually had this conversation tonight with, today with my real estate guy who was very like, oh, we need to make a change. I have no issues at all with our goaltending. No. I, I could make the argument that Jordan Bennington is the team's MVP this year. Yeah. First first half, it would have been we would have been in the literally last place if it wasn't for him the 100%. first half. And um yeah. It wasn't for I mean the second half he was okay. Yeah. But the defense just wasn't there to I mean yeah. 
I would love to see how many backside goals this team gave up this year. Yeah, to the point where it was getting to be almost a running joke with like Korak and Rutherford online. Yeah, when they would score, be like, "Guess what just happened? Another back back backside goal, blues down, whatever." You yeah, know? I mean it. You can't put those on the goalie. If I'm facing this way, it's you as a defender's job to cover my left side. And if there's anyone behind me, get them out of the goal crease. Yeah. There were so many backside tap-in goals that it became laughable. Like you said, it became a joke amongst Korak and and everybody else who covered the team. So I, I don't put that on Jordan Bennington. I mean, statistically, he probably didn't have a very good year. His GAA was probably pretty high. Yeah. But that's not on him. Yeah. It's just not. And... um so the Blues are like a 37-38-7 for 81 points, uh, minus 38 goal differential. Not great. Um, that that picture I sent you the other day that one of my programmers sent me oh yeah. of all the Blues plus minuses set to the Masters. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, we'll post that a little bit later. Um, but it was just an overall interesting year. A lot of ups and downs. Obviously, the Blues made a lot of trades, got rid of. Started the, I say, turnover to a new set of players. Like, it's happened throughout the years. Like, obviously, when the Oshis and Berglunds and all that, they traded or did whatever. Mm-hmm. Then it went to, you know, Petrangelo and whoever, and then Steen and so on and forth. And after Steen, it went to uh, Shen, uh, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, so on and so forth. You just have that every handful of years. Like, very few teams have generational guys who stick around for, like, 10 plus. Like I say, Boston, who's sure. rolling through people right now. I believe yeah. losing right now, actually, but um, but team that team that literally was historic this year, sixty three wins, like sixty five, right? Sixty five. Excuse yeah. me, they bar- broke the record, and they, you know, God, that's a the guys that they have is think about it. yeah, think about it. Like they like with guys who are older. No offense to them, but like Bergeron, mm-hmm. uh, Krejci, Marchand. Uh, I mean, they have guys who've been around for a long time. Sure. So you really can't. So a lot of teams don't have that. So then they're. You know, hope and they, obviously, and their coach, former Blues coach. So, yeah, which I think was also part of the issue, which was part of the downturn for the Blues. Yeah, I think you realize how much he played a role in this team now that he's gone. Yeah, and you see the void that that left, and the fact that he went to Boston and made an already very good team, statistically the best team in the history of hockey. Yeah. Um, turn around, you know, remember last year, Olmark, like yeah. Chris, Chris will say is that he got screwed in fantasy by Olmark last season. Sure. And then he didn't pick him this year. And then he winds up probably winning the Vezina this year. I mean, how could he not? Yeah. You know, the, the thing to your point about generational talent and stain, you know, we had, we had one of those guys and unfortunately the relationship between the team and the guy got to the point where he wanted out. I think that trade we all knew was coming especially once this team started to show that it wasn't going to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the O'Reilly trade bummed me out, but I also realized, like I think a lot of people did, hey, this season's done. Yeah. Like, it, it, we're not going anywhere. You hope that it's a rental situation. Yeah. But, boy, Toronto gave up a whole lot for that to be a rental. Now, that being said – I think if Toronto goes out in the first again this year, mm-hmm. and judging from yesterday, I think it might be a four-game sweep because they got their asses handed seven to, to three. O'Reilly did get a goal that game. Yeah, I think I think Toronto blows that team up 
if they go out in the first. Like, I mean, blows it up. Yeah, because remember, Mar- they only have Matthews for one more year. I, I'll t- I will say this. If they go out in the first, it would not surprise me if they move him like Calgary did with Kachuk. Or if they know he's not going to come back. I, I would call Arizona and be they like, have a ton of picks this year. And be like, you want your hometown boy? Give me Keller and some picks. Yep. 100%. You got to think, even though it's a, it's a crap team, Austin Matthews probably wouldn't balk about going home. It puts a marquee player into Arizona, which, which they desperately need. Yep. It's someone that accelerates that rebuild by a good two to three years. At least. Um, as long as he signs long term. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you can, if you're Arizona, you can immediately sell tickets off of that, which uh, you don't have that many to sell anyway. Yeah. Um, the new arena does open. So, oh, maybe open. Well, I don't know. They're, I they're, don't know if getting, did it pass. They're getting, they're getting sued again now. Of course. So who are. knows what's going to happen? <sighs> I think Glen, like Phoenix or Glendale's one city sued another because like they're basically to build the arena. They needed to change. And I know that's just from working in government. Like change zoning laws to make sure. the, the arena buildable. And then they changed the zoning laws kind of just for this when they shouldn't. Uh, like you right. should have did it the wrong way, basically. So now they're getting sued. Hooray, so anyway. red tape. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my job. But anyway. But, I mean, I, I, I could hopefully see, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to see another fan base suffer like the way we have. But, man, Toronto is, is there. If they go out again, I don't see them signing O'Reilly. I just I, I see them completely dismantling that team and front office. Or front office will be gone for sure. Shanahan, Dubas will be gone. Um, I can see a core piece going. I don't know who. Might I think be it's interesting. I, I, I guess if they know if they go to him just like how Kachuk had, like, hey, I'm probably going to explore free agency. You would be stupid. A hundred percent to like, you could get a king's trade. ransom for him. Yeah, from anywhere, especially at this draft. Like, this draft's yeah. loaded. There's a ton of those top teams that would kill for that. Where does Arizona sit? Third? Fourth? Fifth. If I was Arizona, I would trade the fifth pick for Austin Matthews. Oh, right now, yeah. As long, yeah, I would do it anyway. I mean, you got they already have a good stockpile of like guys already, too. Yeah. So that's the thing is, like, even if you trade the fifth pick, and let's even say they do trade, let's say probably not Keller, let's say another prospect yeah. of some sort. He's got to build that defense up. Yep. And the goaltending was okay at times down there. I mean, obviously they had a bunch of no names down there pretty much playing. Mm-hmm. And they still played pretty darn well. I mean, they beat the Blues a lot of times. So A lot. Yeah. That team has really given the Blues trouble the last few years. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's always one team that's always, like, good against the team, which is very odd. I don't understand it. But, um, yeah, it's just one team you always can't beat. You can't understand why. Sure. But it's, like, it's probably why we beat some of us. You know, Minnesota, for example, Minnesota hates like because we, we own the Minnesota Wild. No matter what, we've been beating them, and ever since that one playoff series we lost, yep. they're they have a we have a ridiculous record against the Wild. Yeah, um, but yeah. So aside from the game we went to where they lost, was that Rick Flair night? That was Rick where Flair. they lost like eight to three. Yeah, and Jordan Benson got in a fight and stuff. So yeah, yes. so, so all the good stuff. <laughs> At least that was entertaining. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to I have a trade proposal possibly with the Toronto thing. Yeah, so they fought in the first round. Which they fought in the first round, good stuff. They got swept. Guess who gets the seventeenth pick? Yeah, St. Louis Blues. Yep, which would be great. So, no offense, I want O'Reilly to do well. I truly do. I really like. I mean, it's his hometown. You want him to win them a like. I want him to win a series for him because it's like 
hometown guy, like imagine I'm with myself, went to the sure, you know, you come to St. Louis and you win at least a series after not winning a series in nearly 20 years. Yeah. So, but who knows? They're playing the the Lightning or know how to win the playoffs. Unfortunately, boy, do they. So. They are Did you watch that game last night? No, I didn't get a chance. I was too much Tampa scored like 90 seconds into the game. Yeah, it was over after that. Dude, the vacuum that was the cr- – that crowd was nuts to start the game. Tampa puts one in 90 seconds out, and it was a funeral parlor. And then the one – I saw the I saw the second goal where the goal is trying to hold the puck up against the post, and then yep. the guy kept hitting it in. And they scored. got booed off the ice at the end of the first period. Yeah, it was a three nothing. Three nothing. Yeah, they brought it back. They made it three two, and then Tampa scored again, and then just it snowballed. Yeah, but they got booed off the ice the first period of their first playoff. Game. St. Louis kid got to play the third period. Jason uh, Joe, Justin Wool, Justin Wool, W-O-L-L. Yeah. So I got a trade proposal if they if Tampa, not Tampa, Toronto decides to blow things up. I have an interesting thing, which will lead us to what's going to happen next. The Blues clean out their lockers mm-hmm. and they go to Centene, and man. It's probably the most eventful locker clean out, honestly, in a long time outside of when they won the Stanley Cup for quotes. Mm. Uh, guys didn't hold back. Good. Army didn't hold back. So Good. It's, so it's little stuff like that. So I'm going to read a couple quotes real quick, and then you get your reaction and stuff. So first of all, is Justin Falk, who really let it go, which I, I'll give the guy credit. I'm not going to pay a lot for this muffler, Justin Falk. Truck muffler. Right. Whatever, yeah. Either way, not, not, not sticker value. Anyway. I'm not a, I'm not quote I'm not a believer in stuff is just on ice there's much there's more than needed to happen I think our group let some stuff slip let our habits slip how we carry ourselves day to day we need to be grown men in here be mature show up do your work the points were a reflection of our inconsistencies as professionals a little bit this year I you can get back up to that level that we were last year, but you need to carry yourself day to day as a group and have that foundation inconsistencies inconsistencies put us in that position, end quote. He's right. So, I yeah. mean, bluntly, he's right. There's a lot of quotes here, and you're going to be like, I think I know who he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think that – I don't think he's necessarily calling any one person out in that quote. In that quote, per, but uh, later I, I on there's other quotes. he's 100% right. This team, the only consistent thing about this team was its inconsistency. Look at the first month when you win three, lose eight, win seven. Yeah, that's – you know. It, you you can't sustain like that. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to Braden Shen. Quote, I think from the very beginning, we probably didn't come together as a team. I think it boils down a little bit to guys worrying about themselves too much. Realistically, that's what kind of happens. When you do that and worry about yourself and your individual play, you're not worried as a team as much, and that's not a culture you want to have, guys worrying about themselves. Mm. So. Jordan Cairo, your table's ready. <laughs> and so. Uh, interesting quotes from Army. I'll go through the rest of them. I'll try to hit the big ones here. Uh, so, Army, our our defensive zone coverage, we practiced it, and there was no competitive nature to our practice in front of the net. We would give up score opportunities in practice, and it would just be acceptance. That bled into the season, I believe. Our training ca- camp, our practice habits are going to be indicative of how we play each night. Mm. Work has to be thought as enjoyable, not a punishment. I felt that this was the first year our group felt it was punishment, end quote. Um. Yeah, and part of me that makes me kind of like as a as a guy who works you know nine to five job, and it's like you get to travel all over this country in first class in private planes, yeah. chartered planes, get a stipend. Mm-hmm. You get to literally 
and to do whatever meals you want, probably. And you have somebody, you, knew, you have a nutritionist, you have doctors, you have yep. all this stuff on staff. Yep. And you get to go out and play hockey. You play a kid's game. And you get paid a lot of money for it. Where I pay weekly to play in a league. I pay $4,000 a year to come watch you play. And they basically think it is a punishment. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. And obviously a lot of these quotes is going to be one guy. But go ahead. Sure. I, I agree with this first comment about the defense just not putting in the physical effort. And I think that if you see that in practice and don't fix it, that's on your staff. Mm-hmm. That's why I think exactly um, too. The second part about it should be enjoyable. No, it shouldn't. It's your job. Like, I'm very lucky. I love what I do. But there's a lot of people in this world, a lot of people in this world. And let's be honest, if I was independently wealthy, I wouldn't work even though I love my job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you get paid to do a job. It doesn't need to always be fun. Yep. It's what you're paid to do. And I think that whether it's fun or not, put on your damn work hat, work boots, and go to work. That's what you're there for. And if you don't want to do it, that's we'll, fine. We'll find somebody else. Tell the coach, tell the GM, we'll gladly move you and find someone who wants to be here and work. But I, I the whole, it should be enjoyable. It feels like a punishment. Like, that to me... And I don't want to. I don't want to go down this road too much. But this feels like the everybody gets a participation award talk. Mm. I'm sorry, man. It, no, not at this level. Like if, if we were playing little league, yes, everyone should have fun. Everyone should get the same amount of playing time. We should have fun, whether we win or lose, whatever. No, man, you're getting paid millions of dollars. A to, lot of money to win hockey games, not just play them, win them. Yeah, it doesn't. I, it's great if it's fun. But if it's not fun, the only way it's going to be fun is if you put in the work to get better. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is there's many a nights that we watched, and probably what's kind of killed the like desire to do what we're doing now is talk about this. You'd watch a game, and it'd be – you'd tell that nobody – like it the seemed effort, like nobody cared. The desire and effort's not there. Yeah. And that, going back to the years where this team was – Bad. Dude, like, when, we had like, bad. when we had like Mike Eastwood as your leading yeah. scorer, you know, or like, you know, you had no offense to Dallas Drake or anything like that, but like guys like that as your leading scorers, like at least people were trying. Like, I will go back to the start of the 18 19 season when we were pitiful before we turned around and won a freaking Stanley Cup. I remember numerous times you and I recording and me saying, I, I don't care if you lose, but at least. Damn it, play like you care and like you're mm-hmm. trying. Yeah. And there were a lot of times this year where I don't I feel like this team just showed up and put on a shirt and was like, let's just go get our ass kicking and get done. Yeah, it just kind of felt like if me showing for like pickup hockey and just like, oh, let's get a get a good skate in or whatever. And they went like half speed basically the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And that I can't abide by. You know, I a little behind the scenes for those of you who may be season ticket holders or not, I flat out asked my ticket rep. Uh, if prices were going up this year, and they are, which shocks me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they're going to go up. I can't imagine it's going to be much because this team was hot poop. Yeah, But there's going to be a ticket increase. And I'm like, boy, you guys got some cojones yep. to charge people more. You better, you better know that there's something coming that we don't because right now, if you're going to charge me more money to watch this same group, 
I don't know if I really care that much. I agree. But uh, a couple more from Army, and then we'll move on. Uh, what about to the draft plans? Pick number 10 or however the lottery falls, I find it hard to believe that you're not going to see me walk up on the stage in Nashville and give a guy a jersey. So basically the top pick, he's guaranteeing, like, we're not trading that away. We're going to – we're keeping that one. I would think the only way he would trade that is if he's able to get a better top 10 pick. Yeah, so any, basically a top pick is not going right. anywhere. But the ones after that, they're up for debate, end quote. Um, so if we can find players that fit into the age group and grow 26 or 27 at least three years a term, a vision where you're part of a team plus tomorrow, that's fun of having the extra picks. There's so many things we get to do. So they find a guy that's in that range, maybe a defenseman or something like that, that fits what they're trying to do. Like maybe like we were talking about Jacob Chickren and stuff like that. Um, that was a possibility. So Re- refresh my memory. He never got moved, did he? Yes, to Ottawa. That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, he went to Ottawa. That's not much better than – than Arizona. So, after all the quotes are said and done, there's a lot of like people saying, um, "You're gonna do lo- the, you're gonna do the big army quote." The which one? The about 18 seconds mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I'll find it. Uh, here it is. At one point during Armstrong's session with reporters, he acknowledged to disconnect with younger players on the Blues roster, saying they'll play 18 minutes in a game to get an 18 second shift so they can go on YouTube and get a million likes and think that was good night. I have to understand what makes them think like that and how we can say you can have that, but you, can you also give us this, end quote. Yep. And obviously, a lot of the quotes, everybody immediately, and Jamie Rutherford wrote an article today about Cairo, and uh, there was a ton of Cairo apologists in the comments. I highly suggest if everybody has the athletic, go to the comments section. Everybody's like, why are you picking on Cairo? He's our leading scorer. Dude's, dude's almost negative 40. Like, I, yeah. I, I get that's a, I get a stat, but it's indicative of your play, though. Yes. So, and you don't have to be – and I made the comment um, to a, a group of friends. I was like, you don't need to – every single one of the Blues players needs to be a 200-foot player. I don't – like, I, I, I don't – like, you don't need to be a great two-way guy. You don't need to be David right. Backus. Right. You don't need to be Alexander Steen. You don't need to turn him into that. He has tremendous offensive potential, as we've seen. We've seen the shot. The 30, Just don't 30 be seven. a liability. That's my thing. Don't make stupid mistakes. Don't do offensive turno- zone turnovers. That's bat, the key. Bat, like – have effort the whole shift. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. Like, do I want you to come back and be throwing checks and doing this. No, I know what your role is. We're paying you $8 million well, to score goals. But also, that's it. don't be a liability. But that's your, your thing is pay $8 million to be a goal scorer. Who's the greatest player in Blues history, in your opinion? I'd say Brett Hall. Okay. What was Brett Hall not known for? Defense. For a long time. But he was not a liability on defense. He also didn't turn the puck over a ton in the offensive zone. I feel like th- these are the problems that Jordan Cairo has. And also, maybe it's just me being overly critical, but damn, it seems like there are a lot of times where he passes up the opportunity to take a really good shot. Yeah. And I don't know what he's looking for, but there's many times where he gets the puck in a position to put it on net and doesn't. And, I mean, he had 37 this year? 37, yeah. I, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. That is fantastic. The problem comes in when you're – when you score 37 goals and you're still a negative 40? Nearly, yeah. That's a problem. And mind you, a guy who doesn't like 
obviously power, it's not like he's on the play, penalty kill power play and shorthanded goals don't go in your plus minus that's just all even strength man. yeah like yeah maybe empty netters are mixed into that or whatever but, right but still yeah um I, I like jordan Cairo. i still feel like giving him the eight million was a lot of money to invest in the guy who had had one solid year now, granted, he put up 37 goals this year. That's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. But there's a lot of dudes in this league who can put the puck in the net and can't do anything else, and they're not making $8 million a year. Yeah. And there's I, I also look, guys. I look towards like guy like Phil Kessel. Yeah. I'm not saying it is prime. That's what he was. Well, he's a guy who could put the net in, who couldn't play to do anything, but it wasn't a liability. He wasn't great. Yep. You know, but he would get back. Or, but he, at least the effort was there. I feel like. He, and he's put more of the years together than this guy. But I almost feel like Jordan Cairo has the potential right now to be a Jim Campbell. Hmm. You know, a, a guy who had a couple of really great years. And then all of a sudden, it just whoop, went south. Got a good contract and then just some, for some reason can put it together. Um, but yeah, like I know that's I mean, the focus. So the focus of this was like, obviously a lot of people were like, Cairo, Cairo, Cairo. Um, well, justifiably so, I think. I think so. If you're going to be the guy, you need to be the guy. And then I look at it this way. Like, it wasn't just him. So I know, like, the quotes were definitely a focus on him. I think a guy like – I think Robert Thomas got a pass at times because a lot of folks went to Cairo being not great. I don't think Robert Thomas was much better than last year, a couple of years ago. Like – he wasn't like I think he got knocked off the puck a lot. I think he seemed slow at times, and like we make the me and you have the joke every time. Like when he comes in the zone, skate to the corner, curl, curl lose the button puck. hook, lose the puck, or put it back to the point every yep. time. He never yeah. goes forward with it. Um, I think he needs to have a really good offseason as well. I think I wouldn't I mind if he puts some muscle on or something like that too, because he seemed like he didn't have a great year. I uh, think he had a better all around season than Kairu. I don't think that his negatives were near as glaring. Yeah, but I I agree. I you know he made he made such a big step from two years ago to last year. Yeah, you saw him start to put the pieces together, yeah. become that center that we were wanting him to be. Like he's the Blues' number one center. Yeah, but I I feel like this year was kind of a bit of a plateau. I think that's what I think it's all. I think you think you got me there where I was trying to go with it. Like there was another step. Yeah, he was just the same as last year. Like he leveled off. He got the eight million dollars, so he kind of leveled off as well. And yep. to me, you should be now like, okay, I want to be a point per game now. I want to be that's right, point per game guy and play in all situations. Yes, and be the captain. Yes, potential next captain. You know, and to me, he seemed like. I'm just the number one center, and I got. I'll, I'll get my assist and do whatever. Yes. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. And that's and I think that's why I think he shouldn't get I, a pass. I, I don't think you're wrong on that. I, I think that, and and I get like we're going to talk about we're going to compare him to players that are legitimately some of the best in the history. But when you look at players like Alex Ovechkin, when you look at Connor McDavid, when you look at players like that who fill the net, yeah. But they're not just one dimensional. Like they'll get back. Yeah, they're not necessarily known for their defense, but they they know how to cover their assignments. And I think that I think it's more of an effort thing because how many times I make the joke about the whole Kyrie's controller shot off on the way back? Yeah, because he'd just be a coasting and then didn't cover the guy who broke in and got an easy tap and goal. Yeah, like 
if you kept skating hard the whole time, you would have had at least had a body on him. Maybe he still would have gotten the goal, but at least you were there to disrupt the play. Yes. And that wasn't there. And then Thomas, like I said, he just kind of plateaued. And, like, to me, he could be, like, guy kind of we talked about earlier, Patrice Bergeron. He could be a great two-way guy. He's gotten better at face-offs. The thing is, like, with O'Reilly, he got tremendously better at face-offs because he, O'Reilly worked with him. Yeah. And it seemed like – and then this year, like – I don't know if everybody just kind of like shut off listening this year to everybody. Like, and it seems like I know Petrangelo was more like not a vocal leader type of person. Like I'm going to go out and do it. And maybe that worked for that group. Maybe this group needs someone to get in your face and just like, maybe whatever. I don't know. I also think that when we talk about these two kids, you know, Thomas was with the team the whole season, the 18, 19 years. So he had a little bit of adversity that first year, but it's easy to forget about that when that season ends in the Stanley Cup. So I think for him and Cairo, this season's really their first taste of season-long adversity. Yeah, you know they they lived through the the Stanley Cup year, the next two years, which were really good. We've said many times that we thought had it not been for COVID, the Blues had a very good chance of repeating the way they, the way they played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the the subsequent years. I think that this team ran into buzzsaws, you know, in Colorado and whatnot, that this team has been in the mix outside of this year for the last five years when it comes to the Stanley Cup picture. And so this was the first year where these team, where these guys had to really, you know, what's what I'm looking for? Grind it out. Yeah. Um, So how are they going to respond? You know, I, I'm sure that there was a bit of mental depression with both Cairo and uh, Thomas because it's come so easy for them because they've yeah. been on really good teams. Yeah, like Thomas is literally at that three year stretch that dude just won championships. That's, that's all, all he did. did. Yeah. Um, so that's part of me too. Where is, is he a complacency now? Like, oh, I've kind of achieved. Oh, I mean, possibly like championship wise. I mean, sure. Has he won any big awards? And like, then, like you said, like Bennington, I think was always a very big like. People were worried about him being motivated. Like, okay, he basically came from nothing and won a Stanley Cup, and then his next goal is in the next year is make the All Star game. So he made the All Star game, and then he's like, I want to earn a contract. Then he got his contract, yeah. and people are like, Well, what do you want to do next? You literally won. Win more. So now he's just like, I have to come up with that motivation, and he never said what it was exactly, but maybe it's like, okay, I think he I got wanna- it back. Yeah, because I think he played very well this year. So, like, maybe those guys need something like that. You're like, okay, Cairo, I mean, you've said this in the past for it. Like, almost the worst thing in the world for Cairo was making the all-star team and winning the fastest skater. Yeah. Because the last year or last year, he wasn't great in the second half Mm-mm. after the all-star game. He was just okay. In the playoffs, he played a little bit better. But, like, he was just yeah, okay. I, I think if there's anything that you can knock on Cairo, it is the potential that I don't know if his work ethic is great. And that's what I think on, for what the Blues have been built on for a long time now is that. So Natural ability is a wonderful thing. But there comes a time when – and, and I, I'm going to speak from me playing basketball. For the longest time, the game was exceptionally easy for me because I towered over everyone. Mm-hmm. The older I got, the more advanced I got into ball, be it junior high, high school, and college – that height difference between me and the other guys got smaller and smaller and smaller. And the athletic ability got better and better and better. So there were a few years in my development where I didn't look that great. 
And it's because for the first however many years I had played, I could put in a 50% effort and run circles around these people mm-hmm. because of you know natural ability, height, whatever. I think when you have an athlete like a Jordan Cairo, who is exceptionally fast, exceptionally offensively skilled and offensive-minded, and it comes so easy to him, once you're a few years in in this league and every team's got their book on you, that's when you have to find that next gear. You have to go, okay, all these things that I used to do that used to work and or used to be easy, everyone knows I'm going to do it now. So I either have to change it up or find a new way to get open, find a new way to do these things that I was doing mm-hmm. in order to still be that guy at this level. Because it's not that you're regressing. It's that the league is catching up to how you play. Yeah. They, they've seen you now. All these teams now, the entire league, have seen you a handful of times now. You're not an unknown thing. So now, now they game plan for you compared to right. the past. You were just like, oh, that's a young kid on the blues. Like, right. oh, now you're like the guy. So there's going to be a game plan to slow you down. So. Right. And they, they, you're the guy. You're the focus. And they're familiar with you. Those two things take away any advantage you have of just being gifted. You know, e- even a player like Alex Ovechkin, which everybody in the damn universe knows where Alex Ovechkin is going to go, and where he's going to shoot. Mm-hmm. Everyone. It's not a surprise at any time. But he somehow still finds a way to get open and get that shot off. That's not just by chance. Yeah. It's not by surprise no one knew he was going to go there. That's greatness. When everyone knows where you're going to go and what you're going to do, and you still get it done, that's a great player. That's an Alex Ovechkin. That's a Michael Jordan. That's a Tom Brady. Yeah. Any sport. like That is what Jordan Cairo needs to do. He's got it in him. It's just, okay, man, do you want to be a good hockey player or do you want to be a great hockey player? Yeah. Do you want to be what, considered one of the – Best players in the league, getting all the endorsements, yep. getting being the guy that's on the commercials for during the Stanley Cup. You see, like a couple of years ago, where Pasternak was on the Dunkin' Donuts commercial like, every freaking yeah. time. You want to be that guy? You can absolutely. You, if he just put the effort in, he's and stuff. got the talent to do it. You just gotta work. Yeah, and I'm and admittedly like the Blues had some depth issues and stuff, so maybe like that gets addressed in the offseason and there's more weapons now. And I think it's part of the reason why you saw him at least get some more goals in the second half of the season. Um, the Blues brought in guys like Verana and Kapanen where you thought they'd be throwaway players and turned out pretty darn well. Yeah. Kapanen getting yeah. almost almost 10 goals and so did uh, Verana. Yep. So uh, crazy that they kind of turned it around when they're basically both from the they're trash, trash heap. Yeah, yeah, basically. So – yeah, so it was very interesting year-end things. The, the draft's coming up. We said May 8th is the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. So a June, at the end of June is the uh, draft, uh, first round of the draft and second round. It's like a Wednesday, Thursday, which is very awkward sure. to me because uh, it's usually like a Friday, Saturday, so it's kind of a bummer. Uh, we're going to do something for the draft. We're talking to some people. We're trying to figure things out. So since the Blues have a potential to have a their name called a lot during that first round. Yes, so, they do. So, or the, at least have a lot of activity around them that day. So it'll be interesting. So we'll plan for that. So we'll also do like draft guys. I saw one today where it right where the blues fall right now is very much like depending on who you read, 
who the Blues will take. Right. So it's very interesting. So we'll see how that is. Um, we can go into grades real quick, and then I'm not going to do every single player. So we're because that just kind of monotonous, sure. or whatever. So we'll just try to hit the big ones or whatever. I'm not going like Nathan Walker and stuff like that. We're just going to hit the guys and some of the new additions. Sure. So, uh, so uh, guys who get incompletes, so we're just going with O'Reilly and Tarasenko, Barbashev, Achari. I think they're sure. okay. incompletes. So we're in here long enough. Um, say what you want about all of them, but we're just not going to grade those guys. So. My first one that I brought up was Braden Chen. Okay. And uh, had a career year, career year for him. For the first time, he almost got 30-30 this year, which yep. is a lot for him. Um, overall, like, obviously the Blues did not do well, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, you get an A. Um, he gets a solid B for me because I think he on most nights, you he was the noticeable guy in my opinion. Yeah. Mind you, was he on the score sheet all those nights? Maybe not. But there's a couple of times when a fight needed to happen or a big hit needed to happen. That was Braden Shen. 100%. So I go with a B. I give him a B. I wish I could put Braden Shen's um, heart and desire and effort into every single player on this team. Yep. Yeah. He's, and he's, that's not to say that he's not a good player. He could fill the net as well. Um, but I, where Jordan Cairo was all talent, mm-hmm. I think Shen is equal parts talent and work mm-hmm. and he is the, he's the stereotypical st louis blue yep you know he can put it in the net when he needs to he'll drop the gloves when he has to yeah um i there's so many rumors about if o'reilly's coming back or not whatever i would not be upset if Braden shen was the next captain of this team yeah i think he embodies everything that this team needs yeah. to be he's got a contract for the next six years so guy's gonna definitely be around say yeah. what you want about the contract or whatever but um, yeah, I think it's working out so far so good for that. Absolutely. So we'll talk about the two guys that we have been kind of talking about earlier. Let's say Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. Yep. Um, I will go with a C for Robert Thomas. You want to say that, even though being one of the leaders on the team, like I said, I didn't see the next step happen. And what to me, like that's what needed, especially of all years is needed to happen. This is the year I needed him to step up and make a difference. And to yeah, me, I agree. he really wasn't. Played well, but he wasn't a difference maker, and that's why right. you're getting only a C for me. Are we doing minuses or just whatever you want? No, uh, I I would say that I give him if we're just going to go A B C D, no plus or minuses. I'd give him a C. Uh, everything that you said, I, I think that you know he's a good player. I didn't see the step up. I think you really needed to see the step up, especially. It's on, uh, especially after um, the O'Reilly trade. I think he really, really, really needed to um, improve his role on this team, and I just didn't see it happen. Yep. I, I think some of that is due to the fact that they kept moving him up and down to try to get other players sparked, yeah. and maybe spark him as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't see anything necessarily bad in his play. I just didn't see anything that was like, yep, this is the continued evolution of Robert Thomas. Yep. And then I'll probably now transition that into Jordan Cairo, and I'll say the same. 37 goals getting a C is weird, but right. like you said, for an A and offensive side, you're, to me you get like a D for defense. Yeah. And turn So you average the two together, it's about a C. So yeah. I'll give him a C based on that because I think the, like I said, the, we talk, everything we talked about, didn't I don't think he worked hard enough. I don't think the the, the the mental lapses are still there. I get his young kid, but you're in your what fourth or fifth year now. Yeah. So I think it's time to 
not, yeah. not be not having as many mental lapses, basically. Agreed. I, I'd give him a C. I think my big concern is um, you saw Barube's frustration with him bubble over a couple times, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. Obviously, it's not hard to decipher that Doug Armstrong quote. Um, I worry that this guy uh, is a young kid who just got his big paycheck, and now he's going to sit back and be like, because he's technically got a ring, right? He was a black ace. Yeah, I'm sure they gave him one. Yeah. His name officially, I don't think his name is on the cup officially, but he got a ring, I think. All right. Well, then maybe that's his motivation is to get his name on the cup, but I, I, I sincerely worry about his work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as someone who played sports, I always hated it when the coach like drilled down on me. And it motivated me to make that not happen again. Yeah. Like, I get it's a team sport, but you never want to be looked at as the guy who's like, hey, we would have won this game if you would have, you know, not dogged it. No kidding. And no. I feel like there were a couple games where, you know, had Jordan Cairo just done a little bit more than try to get a YouTube highlight, this team could have won a game. Yeah. Um, so next one is uh, Pavel Bushnevitz. Uh, I love Buchnevitz, so he's an A. I don't care. It's maybe too high, but he, between him, like the off the online stuff they do with the Blues and stuff, he just cracks me up. Like he's very quotable. Yeah. And but like I think it's on ice play. Like that's what I want to see. Like a couple times where he, like yeah, not great, but he's not afraid to get into dirty areas and do other stuff. I had some injury issues this year, but still, sure. I think I give an A just because probably my favorite player. So I go with Buchnevitz an A. The only reason I don't give him an A, I give him a B, is because of the injuries. Yeah. Um, he's a difference maker. Uh, he's, you know, there's guys on this team that you can go the whole game and be like, man, did that guy play today? And then you realize that he played, he was on the ice for 12 minutes and largely invisible. Buchnevich is never that guy. Like, you know that he's in the game, whether he's hitting someone or putting one in the net or whatever. Like, he's a complete player. And I, I love his game. I think that he is going to be a, a core member of this team moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if he can stay away from the injuries, he's he's going to be a top three guy on this team. And also, if anybody from the St. Louis Blues does listen to this podcast for some reason, can you please get some different uh, merchandise in the stores besides jerseys for Bushnevitz, for God's sakes? Like, I, I like the guy, but I don't want to drop 250 on a jersey. So, yeah. um, if you want some shirts. I had there, one. I just had it lettered up. Yeah, but still. I would just, just be nice. So, sure. just send that out there. Um, so, Let's do the couple additions that we had. So, Verana and Kapitan, uh, I lumped them together because I think they both worked out very well. Yeah. Um, I'm going with a solid B for both. They both turned out very well. You can almost make it higher than that if you want. Uh, there was issues with them on – that you could see. Kapitan on the uh, couple of the last game had two turn- – who was the two shorthanded goals? Is that Minnesota? No. Mm, yes. Yes. He, he, was a, he was a victim of both of those. Yeah. So, uh, there was issues at times, but yet – our friend Rick talked about Kapanen, how that Kapanen would not you – know, he scored a hat-trick when we were there. Oh, he did. And then all of a sudden he didn't score again until literally he got waived. Yeah. And then with us, he had eight goals. So yeah. um, so maybe he's a streaky player, but so far so good. But he he is he has two elements that the Blues were looking for. Obviously the goal scoring is great, but the speed. Mm-hmm. And he actually plays defense. Yes. So great. Uh, so B for me for Kapanen. Um. I'm I, I'm going to do uh, plus and minuses on this for reasons I'll get into. I'm going to give Kapanen an A, just because 
for what we had to give for him, which was nothing. Nothing, yeah. Um, he showed up and made an instant impact. You know, I, I feel and some of this could be motivation. I want to see what he does next year. Assuming the team brings him back, I would imagine they would. He, yeah, he's contracted. So, okay. unless, I, unless I trade him, but he's contracted. Um, you know, I feel like he is motivated to show that he can play. Now, could this be an Al Yakupov situation? Maybe. Where you're motivated for a little bit of time and then you kind of fall back into your old ways? Possibly. But remember, Yakupov came here and lit it up for a little bit. Yeah, scored the first game. Uh huh. We were at. Let's. I can remember. I remember high suspect show at the yes. end. Then he scored. Um. So I, I hope that he can continue this. Maybe this is this change of scenery he needs to find his game again. I'll give him an A. Uh, Verana, I'm going to give an A. I'm sorry, B plus. The only reason you don't get an A is because the number you chose, and you got to live up to that number. Yeah. Um. But I mean, again, that dude Played pretty well. So. That dude showed up. And again, was an instant impact player, and and that was one where again, like we didn't really give up a lot for him. And you know, we got and they're paying for half his salary. Yeah. So like for two point so, six million, and I, I feel like both of those guys are nothing but upside. If you can get fifteen goals out of each of those guys next year, it's an automatic win. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I feel like both of those guys, to be honest, could be twenty goal scorers. Yeah. The the way that they played this year. With a full season, those are two twenty goal scorers. Oh yeah, I agree. So uh, those guys are great. So uh, we get some other forwards. Uh, Lexi Toporchenko, I think, took a big step forward. Uh, I'll give him an A for what he provided. So uh, he was great. Anybody? Uh, let's see. Brandon Sod too. I'll give him a C. I thought he was just okay. Uh, Toporchenko A. Sod C. Sound sound about right? Yeah. 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 I I, I wish I could. Add commentary, but it's just yeah. on those. I mean, that's just how it was. I mean, uh, like I said, we can go through all of them, but uh, the defense is pretty easy for me. Justin Falk, I give a C. Everybody else on defense, outside of Cal- – I'll take it back. Callie Rosen and Tyler Tucker, I will give Bs. I thought they were good and serviceable when used. Everybody else on defense gets an F. Sorry. Um – I'll give Falk a good grade. I said Falk was a C yeah. to me, but everybody else, and besides those two guys, just because you you weren't expecting much out of Ro- you were expecting Rosen to be like the guy who gets called up between, yeah, both. Uh, same with and Tucker, we didn't think would even maybe be up except for injuries. But sure. He's up here, played sure. fine. Like, um, like I think was serviceable. Like we, I said, he filled in the Mikola role for me. So we should like, also give Prunovich an incomplete. Yeah, was up here for a little bit, and then after all the injuries, they're like, right. you're already not up here. He was injured and. Pretty much spent the rest of the time in the minors, so. Yeah, you know, I liked Falk's effort. I think Falk is going to be a good player. I I like Tory Krug, but there's times, again, between injuries and there's times where I feel like he just doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, Scandella, I, I think it is just Incom- I, almost incomplete. He came back late in the season. Yeah. I hurt at the end. Man, so I, I feel like he's going to be the next one who's going to limp off the ice. And just be done. He's the one that they should consider to buy out to me. Yeah. Because he makes $3 million, like in real money, $3 million. Right. So you buy him out, two-thirds of his $2 million. He should spread over two years. So instead of costing yeah, I agree. It, it's a million per year. And I will give you my grade for Pareko by saying, um, I need you to talk for a couple minutes because I'm going to go upstairs and do a Pareko. Okay. Sounds good. So I'll talk about uh, Jordan Biddington next. Yes. <laughs> I think we pretty much got what that is. So – 
grades that are left. So it's pretty much goaltending that is left. And then that leaves it at Jordan Bennington. So it was really hard to not give him a great grade, in my opinion. But Jordan Bennington pretty much was the reason the Blues, at least that we talked about earlier, held their you know head above water most of the year. Um, early on the year, when they were off, they started off the year 3-0, he looked great. When a team lost eight in a row, I mean, I know the team wasn't great then, but I think he was the reason they were, like, serviceable at least. Because that could have been much worse past eight games, and then they won seven in a row. I know, uh, I think Grice played two of the eight games, if I remember that correctly. But um, let's see. Let's go pull up a Jordan Bennington's stats on the year. So let's see his stats for the Blues. He had do, 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 do. of course they don't have it there. Stats. There's the stats. So Jordan Bennington had twenty he was even twenty seven, twenty seven, and six. One of the highest goals against you can probably see in three point three one and a save percentage of point eight nine four. Uh Grice wasn't much better at seven ten, three point six four and point eight nine six. Not great overall, but as I was saying, like he really wasn't because of him. It was yeah. more like I say a team effort. Did he have some games where he wasn't great? Yes. We sure. won't we won't say that. But I think there's a lot of games where uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was five to three, and the only reason was the only reason they got through five. It was it wasn't worse than that is because they were in Biddington. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I would give I would give Biddington a B. I don't know if there's any really. I mean, I know that we gave one, but I don't know if there's honest to God anyone on this team who deserves an A. Mm. Um, Biddington's probably as close as it gets. Uh, for all the reasons you just said, there were so many games where if it wasn't for him, we would have gotten blown out. And his GAA wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't his fault. We talked mm-hmm. about that earlier. I, you could only ask so much of your goalie. And I think for the most part, he answered the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, And Hofer, I think, played serviceable as well, too. I know that there are people who don't like his fiery temper and don't like you know the way he, like the Minnesota game with Flurry and things like that. I love it. I 100% love it. I would rather have a goalie who gets pissed off and does something than a goalie who's just like, eh, oh well. Yeah. You know, I, you know, look at some of the greatest goalies of all time. Patrick Waugh was known as a hothead. Martin Brodeur had his periods where he was known to be uh, a little fiery. Ed Belfour, like, go down the list. Um, goalies aren't rational people. Mm. You know, it, it, those are a special breed at the end. Of yeah, the end. I mean, it, it takes a special breed to be like, "Hey, I'm going to put on some pads and go let people shoot discs of frozen rubber at me at 100 miles an hour." Yeah, um, I have absolutely no problem, and I get that. You know, Brube made the comments about he needs to settle down and focus on winning hockey games. Uh, I think that was an unfair shot, yeah. because his defense needs to not hang him out to dry. And part, yeah, part of me is like, we're not there, so we're not in the rooms. So we don't know anything. But to me, like when he does stuff like that, that's like it's like I like trying to fire the team up. And yeah, like, you can only do so much from playing goal. Like you can stand on your like he was standing on his head a lot and kept doing it. And he, at this point, I don't think it. Sometimes he knew what else to do. 
I agree. And so, I, like, I, doing stuff like that, like, yeah, maybe that's, like, like, people don't like or whatever. But, like, I said, at times I think he's just like, I don't know what else to do to get this team to respond. Well, and I also think that part of it, to be honest, is I'm sure he was more than frustrated with this defense. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to go after a teammate on the ice or in the locker room because you're a good teammate. Yeah. Your frustration is going to bubble over somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, if I was Jordan Dunnington, at some point, I got to go to the locker room and be like, Christ, guys, can we please cover the backside? Like, it's every game. Yeah. Multiple times. Like, everyone knows what to do now, and you're still letting it happen. I'm sure that was frustrating. I'm sure that played into why he lost his cool quite a bit. I would have done the same thing if I was in that position. As far as Grice, he was fine. As you said, he's the stopgap until Hofer was ready. Yeah, it's a one-year deal. I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't move at the deadline just because we weren't going to resign him. Yeah, um, but he was serviceable. I feel like he took a lot of L's that weren't really his fault. Yeah, um, and sometimes there were ones that were really bad. But, there were. I mean, there were but some bad a lot of goals. But I think yeah, we were at the point he was past his past his prime. Yeah, man. So like he, he said he was like he said a stopgap until Hofer's ready. A hundred percent. Hofer's ready. Uh, to me, Bennington is the closest, like said, closest thing to an A. I'll give him that just based on what he had to endure this year. Um, let's say a B because, like you said, it's hard to give everybody an A. I gave it Bucci an A just because of the funniness. But technically, B is the, probably the highest you can go on anybody on this team. Yeah, I think I gave Bucci an A too. And what do you think, think about did, it? If I, you look back, it's like, eh, everybody I should mean, probably be a B at least. But well, Bucinevitz over point per game. He's 67 points in 63 okay. games. So. No, you know what? I gave him a B because he, he did have the yeah, injuries. So, yeah. so. I, I, but, again, I think he and Bennington are the closest you get to no, A's and, on this team. Yeah. And then uh, Grice, uh, let's go, I'll go with a D. It would be a C normally, but he's a Nazi, so we'll move it down to a D. <laughs> so um, Really? Or you just say that because he's German? No, even he had Nazi stuff on his like, goalie helmet. He can't play for the German national team anymore because he put German – he put Nazi – symbols on his hockey helmet oh that's not good so the german national team said you're not welcome on this team anymore oh that's fun so i didn't know that but yeah so it ain't not neat anyway uh, so supposedly let's okay. say that excuse me supposedly allegedly allegedly thank you um that's you know pretty much our legal, that, that, our legal department says we have to say allegedly allegedly but yeah but that's there's an article out there where he's not allowed to put on the german national team for supposed imagery on his helmet that is uh not appropriate let's put it that way Fantastic. So anyway, Hofer, uh, let's go with uh, probably a C to a B, depending on uh, – came in, did his job for where he could. Like I said, the defense wasn't great, but I think he didn't didn't look out of place, which is the only thing I needed out of the guy. Yeah. You come in and make the good saves, maybe try to – maybe every once in a while you can steal a game. Yep. That's all you need, and I think he could do that. So I'm fine with him being the backup next year. We got him for two years at like barely $800,000, so that's okay. great. Especially when you're, you know, top goalies making six and everybody's complaining about that. By I don't know time. how you can complain about that, but okay. you're basically in both goalies for under seven million dollars. Why you're looking at Florida right now, who has nearly ten million dollars tied up in two goalies, and they're playing their third string goalie right now as their starting goalie. Alex yeah. Lyon is playing the goal. Uh, and guess what? Florida has just beaten. They beat them four to two. Wow! So, wow! Stole home ice away from the bees. Yeah. So interesting development there, and uh, Carolina won in overtime. So two zero there. My prediction is not looking great there, but so. A lot of stuff upcoming for us for the offseason. So, Blues have a very interesting offseason. How are they going to reshape this team? 
We will talk about that more later, just because, like I said, we went a little long on this one with all the little grading stuff mm-hmm. and some other stuff we talked about. So we'll wrap it up there. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, check our website out. It's blueshockeypodcast.net or .com. That has links to every single one of the things we just mentioned, plus uh, every single podcast we've ever produced, along with links to some of our friend podcast, uh, links to um, some merch if you feel like getting some merch. And finally, uh, has links to all our sponsors. The first one, we'll go with Alter State Comics. They're at 671 Big Ben Road, Manchester, Missouri, 63021. Uh, go there. I just picked up some comics today. Got to talk to the guys. It was good stuff. You got free comic book day coming up May 6th. Nice. So go there. They're going to have a big what to do with May uh, free comic book day. I think we're going to do a giveaway there as well. So awesome. I'm going to put some stuff together. So we'll be out on the Instagram eventually. Um, I will draw the because I was ill prepared because <laughs> Chris surprised me when he showed up to the house for the our contest we did with the Lucky Lola stuff. Yep. So we'll I'll do the drawing this weekend and we'll do I'll do a little posting and stuff like that. So I did not forget it's there. Just kind of got sidetracked with stuff today. So speaking of Lucky Lowe's, go check them out. You can get their jalapeno sweet heat or Chris's favorite. Man, it's getting to be summertime. It's time to start rubbing some salmon. So go get that at Schnooks, Fresh Time, Kenrick's, uh, and they got the uh, Bratwurst as well at those locations. So check it also Meat Sticks phrasing for that but uh everything is good there so check yes. all that out it's been to be barbecue season a bunch of good stuff to use for barbecue season uh and then last but not least our favorite place in the world to eat yep. uh rockstar tacos uh down on the hill uh 4971 uh, shaw if i'm correct yep um open tuesday through uh saturday correct. five to ten i think not open today but they were uh, not and yeah. I, I wanted to to mention that uh our friend, Chef Will Pelly, who's the uh, proprietor and head chef at, at Rockstar, lost his father last week, and uh, they laid him to rest today. So I wanted to take a moment to send my condolences to Will and Rebecca, mm-hmm. the entire Pelly family. You're, uh, they're, they're great, great people, above and, beyond, above and beyond what they can do in a kitchen in a restaurant, which is flipping amazing. Mm-hmm. They're just the nicest, even better world. human beings. Correct. And... Um, my condolences to them, Same and here. yeah, we'll 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 have to have. Uh, I know it's tacos, so technically Mexican, but we'll have to have some sort of an Irish slash Mexican wake, yeah, down there sometime, and and, and have a shot for uh, yeah, old man Pelly. Yeah, so uh, condolences from us to Will and his family. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. So like I said, we'll. We're going to work on getting some stuff together. We've already talked to a couple of friends of the podcast mm-hmm. doing something for the draft. Yep. Keep teasing it, but I'm just trying. I want to get make sure it's lined up before I actually announce it. So if that if the whatever doesn't happen, uh, me and Chris are going to do some kind of live show. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, we'll try to have somebody come over as a guest and hang out with us. We did it like a couple of years ago. I think Ashley was here when we did like a little like Facebook Live thing. So it might be something like that again. Uh, but I think it'll be fun to do something for the draft. So... Oh, okay, there we go. Sorry, thought yeah. my phone was on mute. Nah. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. It's going to be late here. Uh, we both have long days, so even longer for Chris. So we'll re- uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks for sticking with us. See ya.